You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and the interview subject I've got coming up for you is a real good one. It's Richard Patrick. He's a fellow that used to be in Nine Inch Nails. He's done some work with the guys in Stone Temple Pilots as well, but he's most known for his work in his own band, which is called Filter. Now, the reason for the conversation is to promote Filter's appearances alongside of Uncle Al and Ministry in September of 2017 on their Australian tour. I'll read out some dates quickly. They're all in September except for the final one, which is in Brisbane. So I'll start with the show in Perth, which is on the 25th. On the 26th, they've got a show in Adelaide. On the 27th and the 29th, there are two shows happening in Sydney. Melbourne, you've got a show on the 30th, and that final show on the 1st of October is in Brisbane at the Tivoli. So let's have a listen to what Richard has to say. Here we go. had a wonderful career spanning almost 30 years. When you look back at when you started in Nine Inch Nails all those years ago, did you think that the path would include hit singles with Filter, songs with major Hollywood films, critically revered collaborations with the DeLeo brothers and many successful tours? I, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate being on your show and uh, I love all the attention. I can't wait to come and play and uh, show you what we've been up to for the past 10 years. Um, or actually 20. Holy cow. <laughs> I never thought, I never thought that I would have as much fun as I've had. And, um, you know, the fact that I'm still doing this and still running around the world and playing music is, uh, you know, it's something that you hope would happen, but when it actually does happen, you're, you're, uh, you're very happy. So I'm very blessed. Fantastic. And as you mentioned earlier, mate, you are touring Australia with Ministry, gosh, I'll get that right, Ministry, in September and October. Have you toured with Uncle Al before? Never. I did work with Al Jorgensen when I was in Nine Inch Nails for the Get Down, Make Love uh, uh, yes. recording. And, um, you know, Trent was, you know, Trent and Al and I, and it was a wild time back then. Uh, but since then, I've, I've you know, I've, I've never really, I haven't even really bumped into him that much. So it's been years and years and years. But I've always been a huge fan and I mentioned ministry and skinny puppy and you know as as one of my most favorite bands of all time and I mean they're right up there with Pink Floyd and you know the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and the Deftones and U2 and you know I think that they're hugely important um to, to the world of music and um so you know I'm looking forward to it and um I'm not, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna go on stage and be very humble and do the best I can and get off on time and, uh, make sure, uh, Al's, uh, Al's, Al's audience is primed and ready. Fantastic. Yes. Well, um, I mentioned earlier about hit songs and there's none bigger than, uh, your song, Take a Picture. Now, it's one of those tracks that has taken on a life of its own. And look, I play, have played in cover bands for many years and I've performed that song many times. Are you aware of the song's impact on popular culture? Because for me personally, it always takes me, takes me back to what I would describe as simpler or gentler times pre-9-11. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, we were, you know, the, 
the funny thing is, is you know, uh, a friend of mine had passed away, uh, Chris Cornell. Yes. And um, our whole, you know, energy when grunge and industrial first and alternative music first, like, started taking over was we were all, like, up in arms about being Generation X, this, like, lost, you know, just kind of disgruntled bunch of spoiled brats, essentially. And when 9-11 happened, music that sounded angry and intense um, was... Before 9-11 happened, music that was super, you know, super intense and heavy yep. was kind of the way it was. Yes. So when I wrote Take a Picture, I was kind of like writing a song that was kind of like avant-garde to, or, you know, completely the opposite of what was yes. on the radio. I mean, corn, um, you know. Yeah, Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Like all of that, like heavy, heavy stuff was huge. And when 9-11 happened, that's actually kind of like when I like started kind of like realizing that like, wait a minute, we should be playing the heavy music now. You know, that's, yeah. kind, of, that's kind of why I played the, the, the mellow music, you know, like when everyone was heavy, I was like, wait a minute, now we should be pissed. Yeah, you, you open up your what own lane. What's that? You, open, you opened up your own lane. Well, the thing is, is now what's happened, you know, as soon as 9-11 happened, I mean, they literally, in America, they, they just kind of short-term banned a bunch of songs, like Hey Man, Night Shot, or When Bodies Hit yeah. the Floor, and they just kept going. And the reality is, is everybody started writing really super sweet music, to kind of always stay on the radio. And so much of, 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 of modern music has just turned into this, like, really sugary, sweet Justin Bieber. And he's great, by the way. He, he's a great singer. Yeah. But it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, when is this going to end? So music has this weird way of kind of reflecting either what we think we are or what we want things to be. Do we want to be entertained? I mean, look what's happening in the United States. Mm-hmm. A money laundering gangster found some guy that is helping him to launder his money mm-hmm. and through some, some wild espionage, fake news, money and influence is now kind of in charge of the White House. <laughs> and I'm talking about yes. I'm talking about Putin. Uh-huh. So we're this is like the, the, the Russians are having the greatest time of their lives right now. Because they're literally kind of in charge of the United States. And unwittingly this buffoon, Donald Trump, has somehow managed to not only win the White House, but the Republican Party and the Senate and the Congress. So 
if we're if we're not like in total denial about that as a musical community, I don't know what is happening. Because none of the music that is out there today that is huge, chain smokers, whatever the hell's going on, nothing sounds like we're pissed. And that's the weird thing. Because things were so creamy and clean and beautiful in the 90s that all we were bad at was like ourselves. We were like, you know, drinking and going crazy and spitting beer on each other and having a blast. Yep. But like as soon as as soon as as soon as music has turned into like a, a like a means to say something, you get criticized for it and you get picked on. Like I don't I don't want to be I don't want to have to think when I listen to the radio. When I'm listening to the radio, I just want to go. I just want to go to work and I want to hear some dance yeah. music and that's it. Like yep. Americans have lost their ability to even like talk politics. And that's the wildest thing in the world. So I'm my music has done the exact opposite of what Take a Picture is about. And right now, with our new video that comes out May 31st, Mother E, it's all about losing, uh, losing your, your, your losing, losing everything. Yeah. And... It's so wild. It's so wild to be an American at this point in time. Um, you know, it's insane. So, like, mothery, crazy eyes, nothing in the hands. Everything we've got is all about, like, is like heady, kind of intense, heavy music, like Uncle Al taught us back in 1987. Yeah, for sure. How's that for an answer that comes back full circle? It does. I'll tell you what, and... and you, you have piqued my interest because I, I did read an interview with you in the early 2000s. Now, I can't quote it directly. However, I recall it was soon after 9-11. And uh, in that interview, you mentioned that you were wearing a jacket with an American flag on the back when you were touring as an act of defiance against terrorism. So there have unfortunately been many more terrorist attacks on US soil and across the globe since 9-11. And of course, the most recent has been the, the tragic event at the Ariana Grande gig in Manchester. So yeah. You've, you've already um, given me uh, a wonderful response as to your take on what's happening in the U.S., but what's your take on what's happening in the world at the moment? Well, the, the reality is this. War, oil, greed, all of that in religion, all of that stuff is at a boiling point. Um, the reality is this. If every single person lived like an American, you would need five and a half planets of resources mm -hmm. to make that happen for about a year for eight, for seven billion people to live like Americans. Yes. So we we have this bizarre concept. So does so does Australia. Your first world. Your I say we're we're probably in the same basket as our American friends on that point. Actually, yeah. Yeah, your first world. Your your first world. You're, you're right here with us, so you kind of, you're, you're living life, it's, things are good. But, like, when you go to, you know, let's go to the, let's go to the East Coast, let's go to India, let's go to, let's go to Africa. Yep. Um, let's go to China and have a look around. All of these people are starting to get pissed off because um, they want their religions forever. They want, they don't want to, 
be spoon fed what America's been to. Look what, look what America's been done. So globally, we're we're doing well, and we could be awesome, but there's so much work that has to be done, and so much of our thinking is still in the 11th century. It's still, I mean, look at the Arabs. I mean, bless their hearts. Saudi Arabia, I love you. You're a great place. Guess what? Got to treat women the same. Everybody's got to be able to have the right to vote. Uh, you know, there should be, uh, you know, there should be regulations on, on how poor people are, are treated. You know, we should, yeah, you know, we're not, sure. we're not there yet. We're not, we're not global citizens yet. So, you know, Stephen Hawking, that's, the, the people I listen to the most are guys like Neil deGrasse Tyson, Carl Sagan, Peter, uh, Stephen yeah. Hawking. Um, those are the folks that like I don't look up to people with gold, you know, gold, uh, you know, claims and shit. I don't really care about that. I, I care about, like, what science is teaching us. My my heroes are Elon Musk, you know? Yes, Elon is, like, pretty much my Jesus Christ. He's awesome. Because yeah. he's like, not only am I going to be super successful, but I'm going to make things that are amazing for us, for all of us. I'm going to make my trademarks free. You know, here's my trademark for my new lithium battery. Here's my trademark. Here, take it. Take what you want. And that's bold. That's bold. And that's that's actually going to have an effect. Praying to God, praying to Allah, praying to, you know, all of these different, you know, all of the 109 gods that we all have that, you know, that we've mm-hmm. all been clinging to for the past 5,000 all of this stuff has to eventually be put back into its place, and then we have to focus on being cool to each other. I mean, you know, it's really that simple. Be cool to each other, help the planet, and, you know, try and make the planet last longer. And that's pretty much it. It's like two or three rules to being kind of liberal. I mean, it's... it's yep. You treat everybody the same. Just just be, be cool to each other. For you know? sure. Yep. It's that simple. And if you can't follow those rules, you're not really human. You're more you're more animalistic than you. That's it. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> if everybody would just fucking listen, then you wouldn't have to make me come out there and fucking beat your fucking assholes in the face. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't even know why. I just broke into some crazy character. I'm taking too many voiceover classes. That's what it is. No, that's it. That's all good. That's all good. No, no, I really appreciate you, mate. You can. Oh, I'm going to bestow a compliment. You can. You can really uh, hear your intellect, and you, you've clearly thought about what you're talking about. Um, you know, you. I, I believe. Well, the thing is, is I mean, you know, if, if it were about getting high at the club, believe me, I've written it. <laughs> you know, if it were about getting all my money and fucking my shit, and I got a, you know, I got a jet. You know, uh, apparently people think that's good enough to make you president. I, not me. I, I, if you're going to Mars, that's kind of the... Like, yeah, you got a much higher bar than that. Yeah, no, good on you. That's that's what needs you know, to be. I mean, yeah. have way higher expectations than fucking buying some stupid gold fucking jack. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Hey, look, unfortunately, as I say, I, I've got so many questions that I'd love to ask you, but we're almost out of time. And um, with all of my interview subjects, there are three questions that I do like to ask. So I'd like it if you could humor me yeah. here and play along. And your answers, of course, Richard, can be as not safe for work as you like. So here goes. Here's the first question. Choose yeah. 
three words to describe yourself. Uh, ADHD. Uh, loud and musical. And I'm going to put in a fourth because that's how I, that's how I roll. <laughs> I have great sense of humor. You do, indeed. Thank you for that. Uh, next question is, if you could go back to when you were 18 and give yourself some advice, what do you think you'd say? Chill out. Relax. It's all going to be great. You're going to have an amazing time, and no one, no one is going to be thinking bad about you. Everybody loves you. Just relax. That's what I would tell every kid, every single kid on the planet. Just relax and enjoy your youth. Agreed and great advice. Enjoy being young, you you crazy little bastard. (laughs) Yes, what do they say? Youth is wasted on the young and I'm not that old. I'm only 39. Absolutely. Could not be more truthful than that. Yeah. You just don't realise what you've got when you're 18. Once you make it all up in here, up in 49 land, I'm just the last year in my 40s, and I'm like, holy shit. Kind of wild. All right, and the the final question is, what five guests, living or dead, would you invite to dinner? Um, Damn. Let Let me try this. Um, um, Neil Armstrong, Carl Sagan, Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. um, Bono, and I know there's some awesome folks out there. That's a pretty good list so far, yeah. And Neil, and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson, nice. Very galactic. Two, two, two singers, and that's all you need. Yes. Two singers and a bunch of astrophysicists talking about life. That'd be awesome. With, with Ab- and, and, a, and, a, and an astronaut. And, and Abraham yeah, Lincoln overseeing proceedings, no doubt, and just taking notes. Offer, offering meaningful and, feedback. You know, Abraham Lincoln, you know, just be like, hey, dude, remember when people used to own each other? Yeah, tell us about, like, that. Yes. A crazy. It's not too far off, man. <laughs> you know, that's only 100 years. That's only, like, 150 years ago. That's not... No, it's not that long ago at all. Photography. They had photography. They had, you know, telecommunications, you know, telegraphs. They had... You know, they had machine guns, they had, they, you know, they were big. They had them. I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, not kinda, that long ago. kind of close. It's going to take more than like two or three generations, three or four generations of uh, of people to uh, rebound from that. That's why racism is still such an insanely bad thing now. Yeah, gotcha. Whereabouts do you live in the States, mate, if you don't mind me asking? What city? I live in Southern California. Uh huh. Right, it's around San Diego or LA area, I suppose, is it? Uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, nice part of the world. Been there a couple of times. We love it out here. It's not as awesome as Australia, I can tell you that. <laughs> Mate. You guys got a lot going on down there. 
Well, we love having you here, mate, and I'll definitely be in the audience, so um, I don't know whether we'll get the opportunity to catch up, but um, what I'll do is I'll post the podcast to um, to your Facebook timeline or your Twitter feed or what have you, mate, but it'd be awesome to try and catch up when you come down at least anyway and just share a beer and shake you your hand. You got it. I, I appreciate you having me. My pleasure, mate. Okay, all the best, and as I say, can't uh, wait to see you down here in Australia. You got it, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much, mate. All the best. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. I hope you enjoyed that one. My name's Andrew McHigh-Smith, and that interview subject was none other than Richard Patrick from the band's Filter, and he used to be in Nine Inch Nails, and he might still be doing some stuff with Army of Anyone, but time will tell. Thank you so much for listening.